Hello, my dear curious friend, and welcome to another episode of the Curious Pavo Podcast Sessions. In this episode, we are going to travel. What a surprise, eh? But when I say travel, I mean super duper travel. Because I'm going to meet you with a couple from England that went to live in Spain and then decided to drive around almost every country in Europe. The main focus of this episode is Maribor, but we didn't only talk about Maribor, we didn't only talk about Slovenia, but we talked about Balkan countries in general, what you can see, what you can do there, what to see in Slovenia, how warm or are they actually warm, these Balkan people? <laughs> A lot of interesting, curious facts to learn from this episode, so let's Dive in in today's episode of the Curious Pavel podcast sessions. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode. I'm welcoming here Al and Leanne. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Now, before we begin, as usual, this is another, well, first of all, congratulations because you are the first people to actually be two people and not just one person. Ooh, oh, this is. <laughs> This is a step up in the podcast <laughs> sessions. Um, and again, I have never met you. I have never met you. I no. We found each other on Instagram. And I'm super excited to hear about the place we're going to talk about. But first, I'm maybe a bit more excited because I love people's stories. I'm more excited to hear about you. What is your story? Where are you coming from? Where are you living now? And all these curious bits and pieces you would like to add so we can learn more about you. Go on. Share something with us. Sure. Well, I'm I'm Leanne. And I'm Al. Um, and we're from the UK. Um, we met in Manchester, um, where we lived for 10 years together. And then about six months after we got married. Um, 2012, 2013, yeah. wasn't it? We, um, Whoa, six, six months. So wait, you met and then six months later you got oh, married? No, sorry. So we ah. met, we, no, we met in Manchester. We lived there for about 10 years. We got we got married after about five. Um, and okay. then about six months after that, we decided to move to Spain. Um, so we did. Yeah, so we moved to Malaga and we were there for about five years, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and in fact, we probably would have still be there now if uh, something hadn't happened. We, do you remember the landlord? Yeah, well, there was a few, there was a few things. <clears throat> so we, we had a beautiful house in <clears throat> in the, the Axakir region of Malaga, very country, very lovely, very isolated. And then our landlord <clears throat> decided to convert the basement into his own flat. So we were like, hmm, kind of takes away from the, you know, the country living feel. And then within the same week, Brexit happened. Um, so we were kind of like, well, if, if we want to travel Europe, which we'd always wanted to do, we kind of thought this is the time is now. So this was in the June and by the 1st September, which was also weirdly our wedding anniversary, um, we left and we hit the road. So that was, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago. 2017, September going 1st, ever since. 2017. Yeah, we can't believe how far Brexit is behind us. Feels yeah. like last week. I know. The time's just flies in a crazy uh, matter. It's so funny because I met my girl, I went to work in Mallorca and this is where I met my girlfriend. And then we came to UK, that was about five and a half years ah. ago. And then we're still, I mean, we, we like UK, but not to that extent. We're still thinking to go back mm -hmm. to Spain at some point. And yeah. we, we went to visit, uh, we went, we made a tour of Sevilla and Malaga and it, it was really lovely. It was the first time I visited Andalusia. Really lovely. To me, Sevilla is a bit nicer. Um, I don't know what you guys feel. Uh, I like the I like the mm. sea. I like the sea. Yes, Malaga, beautiful sea. Well done. But Sevilla had a slightly different. Maybe because it wasn't that touristy to me. Yeah. You know, there are more locals there, uh, and the vibe was a bit more chilled. Maybe that's. That's what came into me. But what do you guys yeah. think? I suppose Sevilla, for five years you visited Sevilla. We we've had we've had many an argument, usually over a glass of wine, over whether Malaga, Sevilla, or Granada is the best city in Andalusia. Um, we love them all. Um, I think you're right. Sevilla has definitely much more laid back, very cool, fashionable vibe to it. Whereas I think Malaga is a little bit more rough, ready party town. Still mm -hmm. beautiful, you say, with the coast, but it's got a bit more 
grit about it, I guess, which we actually like as a city, don't we? But um, but then you've got Granada, which is like this beautiful mash of the two. So we wanted know. Granada and Cordoba as well, but didn't just didn't have the time. So maybe yeah. next time. Next time, next Granada, time. and I'm pretty sure you'll. You might change your mind on what your favorite city is. <laughs> yes. Granada is now our favorite city, I think, mm-hmm. in Spain. Oh, is it? Oh, so yeah. definitely. Gran- and Cordoba as well? Do you know, we've only been for a couple of days and we made the really bad decision to go in summer where it's basically on fire. Um, I think it was like mm. 45 degrees, 38 at night. It was just uncomfortable. So we didn't, we, I don't think we have a lot it to say about It was unfair really Cordoba, to yeah. judge it on what, we, on what we did, I think. Um, but uh, but yes, oh, right. beautiful cities, some great yeah. history. You're into history, Pavel, aren't you? And there's some fantastic yes, history. You let you turn a corner, and there's stuff that's like two thousand years old. It's it's amazing. So uh, yeah, it's a great yeah. Place. I definitely, I definitely need to go there. Okay, so you left, you travel. Where did you travel, and where do you live now? So ooh, we started. We started in Europe. We started in in Portugal, and then northern Spain. Um, then we went over to Central Europe, um, the Balkans, Bulgaria, Romania. Um, that was kind of our first leg, wasn't it? And then went back to the UK for Christmas and then spent three months in Southeast Asia. Um, so we did Thailand and Myanmar and... Um, Vietnam and Laos. And Cambodia. And Cambodia. Um, wow. And then we came back and then we did another leg of... Europe last year, so we did a bit more of Spain, Italy. We um, also did Albania, Macedonia, oh, yeah. um, s- some parts of Greece, northern Greece. We did drove because we because we drive, mm-hmm. so we literally got it's us two and our dog and ev- and everything in the back of our car that we own, and so we just drive around to from air, to Airbnb. So uh, yeah, we've driven on. I think we've driven in every country in Europe apart from six. I think is that right? Was well, seven. Yeah, Scandinavia. Wow. We've only been to Denmark so far. So and Sweden. It. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> There's so many you keep <laughs> you keep losing track on them. But to be fair, to answer your question, we are currently in Croatia, in mm-hmm. uh, near the Dalmatian coast, near Split. Yeah, we um we were we spent our lockdown in Lithuania, mm. um so our plan was to kind of do the northern coast and work our way down south, um. And yeah, it was in Vilnius in Lithuania where we got stuck for four and a half months. So, which isn't a bad place to be stuck. They dealt with it really well. Um, but yeah, the minute the borders opened, we we headed south and found ourselves in Croatia. Mm-hmm. All right. So why why did we? So I suppose to Asia you didn't drive but you flew. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. So w- why did you choose the Balkans to to visit? Is it because you just want to go all Europe? Or is there something else? Our our ambition was to go to every every country in Europe before Brexit happened. That was our uh-huh. our kind of aim. Uh, we didn't quite. Well, we would have been quite. on track. I think we would have. Just, we would have been. We yeah. we we're going to go through Ukraine. Uh, we were going to go into Belarus for a little bit. Coming down from Lithuania, so we would have done it if we hadn't got if if COVID hadn't come along and st- mm-hmm. we'd been stranded in Vilnius. Um, yeah. So we would have just about done it, apart from the little ones like San Marino and Liechtenstein. And... Yes, yeah, we need to take those off. But right. in terms of the Balkans, I think it was just a place that we'd heard of and had no real preconceptions of beyond it maybe unfairly thinking it might be a bit scary mm. um, because mm. we'd never really been to, to kind of Central Eastern Europe before. Um, but yeah, but the minute we... The minute we first got there, I think we went to <clears throat> Slovenia first, then basically worked our way all the way across to Bulgaria. We fell in love with every every single one of them. Absolutely, and they're so friendly. And obviously, because with particularly with Serbia and Macedonia, then you know the UK is is lumped under the NATO force of what just only what mm-hmm. fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. and Funny. we just the the younger generation. We just they were just so lovely, so interested. English was not only widely spoken but brilliantly spoken. Um, and it was, and almost every single, well, every country has just been amazing. As long as you don't bring up politics, <laughs> every country yeah. is amazing. <laughs> I think that's the same wherever you go, to yeah, be fair, true, though, isn't it? True. Yeah. In Bulgaria, we say that every Bulgarian understands politics, football, and women. These are the subjects <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they can talk all day about. But it really warms my heart when I see people from Western Europe or, and, or some, let's say, 
Americans or Canadians and people that usually will pick destination that is, you know, fairly popular. They'll go to Spain or they go to Paris or Amsterdam. But it warms my heart when I see people from the Western side to pick the Balkans because as you found out, they're really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot of things. You can do skiing. You can go to the beach, hiking, you know, a lot of things. But they are just not probably well promoted or I don't know what the mm -hmm. reason. It's just overlooked. And it really, really warms my heart. I'm really happy to know you. Uh, what is the subject we're going to be talking about? Which is the city? Well, it's going to be a place called Maribor in northern Slovenia. It was, I think, was it our very first trip to, Mar to Slovenia? It, yeah, it was our first trip to Slovenia and our first Balkan country. Yeah. And the reason we chose it is a bit weird. Um, we, we called it the second, our first, yeah, first 12 months on the road, we called it the second city tour. So we avoided the capital cities and we went to the second biggest city in each country because we're from oh. Manchester. And so we love Mancunians and Manchester, whereas London for us is a bit scary, us northerners. Mm -hmm. So we thought, well, let's go try the second city. And almost exclusively, it worked perfectly. Every, every mm -hmm. second city was so friendly. And I'm sure the first one is as well. But uh, that's mm -hmm. how we ended up in Maribor. So we just picked it. Wow, this is such <laughs> a great strategy. I never thought about this, but it's so clever. Okay, the only thing I know about Maribor is that they have football team. That's the only thing I know. So, can yeah. you tell us a bit more? Uh, well, you were driving, but do you have any intake on the airport? What is the closest connection to Maribor? Ljubljana? Yeah, Ljubljana is the, the closest, which is the capital of the capital, Slovenia. Yeah. And I think that's maybe two-hour drive. Yes, it's, as you know, Slovenia is not massive, so it might yeah. be one and a half, two hours drive. We actually flew out of there, in and out of there in Ljubljana. Yeah, connections with Gatwick. Yeah, we just it was a weird one. We had to go back to the UK for something. We were in um, Rijeka mm -hmm. in um, uh, in in uh, southwest Istria of Croatia, southwest. <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we had to fly back to the UK, and uh, and we went from Ljubljana, and it was I mean, it's a tiny airport, but it's well run, isn't it? It's really yeah, nice. really well run. It's, it's I think it's about a two hour flight. Mm -hmm. um it's really easy to get to the only difficulty is is that it's because it's a small airport it's not there aren't many connections in so i wonder if maybe that's sometimes as well why people from the uk don't often go to somewhere like slovenia mm -hmm. because it, unless you're in the southeast it might actually be quite an inconvenience to to get there but i see so how how much time you sp you said that was your first trip does it mean you came back there and how much time you spent in the city We've been there every year for three years, haven't we? Yeah. The first the first year we spent, was it a month? Yeah. We spent a month in Maribor. We went to Bled before that, Lake Bled before that, a month in Maribor. Um, and we, and we were, in fact, we were only supposed to stay, I think, for uh, three weeks. And then the guy who was, who was renting the house told us about a wine festival, which happens on the 11th of the 11th every, every year. I think it's the, it might be the same in Bulgaria. It's called Saint uh, San Martin, Saint Martin, and it's where the, okay, yeah, and it's when it's, 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 it's nothing to do with the war. I think it's just uh, it's just they say that eleven o'clock on the eleventh day of the eleventh month, then all the wine it magically turns into wine from previously just like grape juice. It magically turns into wine. Now, of course, they don't really believe that, but that's the significance of it. So it's basically it's a new it's like New Year, isn't it? Oh yeah, they, they, it's bigger than New Year. It's like the single biggest celebrated day in Slovenia or Maribor. Certainly, it's it's a big street party. Everything closes. Um, it's an all day celebration. So yes, we went back. So that was the first year. Then year two, we came back for that as well. And then year three, or is this year three? We're going back. No, year three was, was last year. Year three was last year. So, and this year we're going after this, so we'll be there yeah. for another month. So there'll be four years wow. in a row going to Maribor. I love it. Wow. I, I think you should keep a tracker, like a diary or something. These dates, I was in this country because there there's so many countries. <laughs> and at some point, I, I think you're not going to stop traveling. You're going to keep traveling. With so many countries in so many years, you're going to start losing points. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then one day you can show it to your grandchildren look 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 at this all this here i've been in this country it used to be <laughs> great so for <laughs> you you've been so long in uh, maribor in and out in and out you must know a lot of it so what can we see in maribor well i think maribor 
Maribor, first and foremost, is a really beautiful, traditional Slovenian city. The architecture is very traditional. It's it's very, um, yeah, the old town is perfectly formed, isn't it? So even just as if anyone likes a city break type of thing, so places like Prague or, um, I don't know, like Rotslav, or if you like a European old town, um, mm-hmm. then that's that's good to go. I would always recommend to go in the autumn because it's the most beautiful autumnal place. It just, the whole place seems to turn orange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think the, the old town, first mm-hmm. of all. And then there's lots of, uh, there's lots of wine grown. There's a lot of Slovenian wine comes from around Maribor. Um, and in fact, if you walk out um, of Maribor, the, the city center itself, then you'll, you'll see a hill behind with a church on it. And on the side of that hill is just grapevines. Um, and you can go and you can buy um, the, the wine coming from that hill, um, which is supposed to be quite special. Um, so you can go and buy that. So there's a lot of wine and a lot of wine growers around there. And it's it's widely known as some of the best. And in fact, there's sometimes um, there's, there's some better, well, in our opinion, there's some better German grape wine in uh, Slovenia than there is in Germany. Because um, it's only what? How far is it from Austria? Oh, it's like a 15 minute drive from the Austrian border. It must only be about... Yeah, 20 kilometers, maybe. So it's so close to Austria and Germany, yet some of the wines there are amazing. So, But if you're not into wines, then there's definitely there's architecture. Um, they have a lot, in terms of food, they have a, a, a lot of the, there's the first time we ever tried Bosnian food was in um, uh, was, was in uh, Maribor. And of course, I re- the only, because I'm, I'm a bit older, I think, than you two, but I remember, I remember we know both, both remember the Bosnian War, but I remember it being a little bit older and hearing it being quite a frightening, well, it obviously was a very frightening thing. So therefore, in my head, I'd thought Bosnia was a frightening place. Now, when we went there, it was the total of the opposite. It was the most amazing, amazing place that we've, we've ever been. Um, but there was a lot of Bosnians who settled in Slovenia. And so there's a bit of Bosnian culture with the, um, uh, with the food, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit of a melting pot, Slovenia, for food, isn't it? Because it's the most westernized of, of the kind of former Yugoslavian mm-hmm. states, um, and it borders Italy and Austria, so it's it's very influenced by that. So it's things like your, you know, pasta dishes are quite common in Slovenian um, cuisine, as are I think they're quite German type sausages, mm. as are the kind of more Serbian Croatian trvapi. I leave them to fight that out. If anyone who is who is Serbian or Croatian is listening, you'll know what I mean. Fight out. Um, and then I guess I don't know what else is there. Well, there's the the oldest vine in Europe. Oh yes, is that's it? our curious fact. That's yeah, that's that's our. That's, it's it's a great fact. So it's basically it's the oldest known vine in Europe. Um, and they uh, and they built it's, it grows up against the actual what well, is now I'm guessing the wine sort of museum I'm mm-hmm. guessing it wasn't always that so they built the wine museum in the building behind it um, and so you can go in there and, and you can actually buy the wine from that but apparently it's not great no because it's so old it's um it doesn't produce a great wine anymore but but that building with the grapevine on which is what is it eight nine hundred years old mm-hmm. um is now the wine museum where you can you can take a tour of kind of how wine started as a as a um, as part of their culture, um, but you can also do tastings there. Um, so they have like lots of different wines from all across Slovenia, not just in Maribor, um, where you can you can do tastings. Um, in yeah. fact, it was there that we met our friend Igor. He's he's now our uh, our best Slovenian, well, one of our best Slovenian friends. And uh, Igor's a little older than us, um, and he plays the piano. He's like one of these geniuses, creative geniuses, because he plays the piano. He can draw. He can paint. He did the mosaic floor in this place. And we went in there for a wine tasting. It was Macedonia versus Slovenia. Is that right? Yes, they called it a wine jewel. So as part of the the wine festival every November, they have the main celebration on on the 11th of November. But in the week leading up to that, they have lots of different events from talks to tastings to to dances. Um, So we went to what they called a wine jewel and it was Slovenia versus Macedonia. Um, So they had Macedonian growers there, they had Slovenians. And we just turned up thinking we might just be able to sit down and try some wine. And it was ticket only, so the woman was a little bit disturbed. She went, "Oh well, let me just put you over here on this on a, on a, on this chair next to this grumpy, slightly older gentleman who just looked at us as if as if we just interrupted and ruined his entire night." Mm-hmm. Anyway, so after about maybe fifteen minutes of grunting at each other, then uh, he discovered that you were from where? Oh well, you've got Irish roots. I've got Scottish roots. And he's like, "Oh, Celtic!" 
and then we're best friends and we literally are best friends now we see see him yeah. every time we go to uh, slovenia and in fact he used the he, he it was leanne's birthday last year in well it's her birthday every year it was birthday when we were in maribor <laughs> Um, and he used the the grape juice from the oldest wine to draw the picture of the outside of the museum on a little sort of frame and gave it to Leanne as a birthday mm-hmm. birthday present. Wow. So yeah, so uh, we have a lot. Very of- cool. oh, do you do you have this now? Uh, not mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere. I tell you what we can do. We can send you a picture. Yeah, we'll of it. send you a picture. Excellent. Of it is somewhere I'm so I'm so curious to see that. Okay, so you you said there was Slovenia versus macedonia so was this that particular year and then the next year they have uh, slovenia versus serbia or they're in the same festival there are other countries that are competing against each other or how is this working i think on that the program changes every year but i think on that Mm. year i think there was three duels so it involved all of the countries of the former yugoslavia um yeah so but but it changes every year they didn't they haven't had they didn't have them last year they had other events happening um all right. So it's something new happening every year. Yeah. Just so just because you were one year, that doesn't mean you should not come back the next year because exactly. probably there will be something different. All right. Yeah. So you mentioned that Maribor is. Uh, how how would you say, Maribor is similar to any other city that because you've seen a lot of cities, mm-hmm. any other city that is more popular, like as you said, Prague, is it Prague or is there any difference to other cities? What do you think? There's a, there is a little bit of Prague. It's if anyone's been to Ljubljana, it's a small city, but and it's got um, and it, so there are similarities there. But in terms of the architecture, because we don't know much about architecture, like someone says Gothic to us, and we're like, I'm not really sure what that means. Um, but um, but in terms of the architecture, it is it's it's basically Central European. So you could be in Austria, you could be in Hungary. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think yeah, it is. So there's you can see influences of <clears throat> of um, places like what's the town in city in Romania, Brasov. Oh, Brasov, which is a little bit more famous. Uh-huh. But they have lots of terracotta roofs. Um, but then that's also yeah, it's also true of, of lots of other places. But yeah, sandstone white buildings, terracotta roofs, turrets. Yeah. Um, cobbled stones and then very modern uh, houses because obviously of the last yeah. sort of hundred years the influence from germany and austria i'm guessing in the house building means is very economical uh no what do i mean when it's good good for keeping warm in ecological ecological that kind of thing buildings and there's quite smart looking new buildings um so it is it's a it, it's kind of a hodgepodge Melting so pot, yeah. yeah i wouldn't say you have to go to maribor because you have to see the architecture because there's a lot of, like every city there's some really cool bits in it along the waterfront oh it's beautiful along the river there's just these huge these ancient towers like maybe 50 feet diameter um all these ancient mm. towers with with spired roofs and um that is brilliant to see but that's along the front then you go two steps back and you know you're 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 back to sort of quite modern buildings um, so when you travel then, what is the thing that you pay attention to? If, if it's not much architecture, then what what brings what comes to your eye? I think I think the reason particularly for for Slovenia and I think for any and in you know, the majority of Balkan countries we've been to is the and maybe this leans into what you were saying before about you please when you, you have Western people come over and, and maybe that's part of it as well is the the, the time and generosity of people to share with you what local culture is like, how local people live, what their traditions are, um, is just incomparable, I think, to any other place in, in Europe. Um, I mean, to the point where in, in Slovenia, especially, we were, as we said, we, we met Igor and we went to see him play um, the piano a couple of nights later. Um, his friends were there and I think this was on the Wednesday by Saturday we were having dinner with them um, by the following week we were going to their son's you know birthday party um, it's just that we're just that want to share their stories so I think just just yeah hearing hearing the stories hearing the history um, Al the- actually has a pretty good story about getting pretty involved in the local culture <laughs> That that sounds weird. I can't think what she's talking about, and now it sounds like I'm trying to hide something. But uh, I'll try and remember the story and maybe tell you later on. Um, she can give me some hints. Uh, but <laughs> or, but I think mainly it's the people. <laughs> I'm honestly not glossing over it. That sounds weird. Um, so 
it's like mainly the people, I think. And so it's the people, it's the food, it's the culture. I mean, I'd, I feel bad by saying it's the wine as well, because we are like, we do love wine and we love trying everywhere <laughs> we go. We love trying wine. Um, if you're a wine tourist, though, you might not have considered Slovenia. Good point. And you should. If you're a wine tourist, mm. consider Bosnia as well. Bosnia's got some of the best wines. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. The people, so, um, wow. yeah. So wine, people, food. Would you, wine, people, food. Okay. You know, it, it's really amazing to me. I Now I love you even more because you're not traveling just to take the picture, but you're traveling to the people. And as a, at the mm-hmm. beginning, I said that I'm more interested you know, to hear your story rather than just like talking about the place. I mean, I'm interested in that as well, but it's, I, I'm really happy when I'm meeting people's people, you know, like you want to engage, you want to experience mm-hmm. the new country and city and culture through the people exactly and it, this is truly truly amazing I, i'm getting goosebumps now okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps uh okay so let's let's talk a bit about the food because you said the food is influenced and then i'm gonna ask you about some traditions if you can share and then we go to stories okay. but first about the food and the drink you said that the food is influenced by the neighbors of the country um italy germany austria so what about is there a food that you think it's you see this food that this is slovenia oh that's a good question there's what there's one i can think of and i don't i don't know whether it's slovenian it's called langosh okay mm. um, ah, langosh no langosh is uh, hungarian right and it's a deep fried batter yeah yeah well yeah we first had it in um we first had it in slovenia and I mean, we love garlic anyway, but garlic and cheese and langosh was just, it was, so whenever I think of Slovenia, I always think of that. But then when we were in Bled, we did, we did try, um, and it was weird because we, we tried goulash for the first time, which I think is Hungarian, isn't it? I think yeah. as well, yeah. Not sure. So, Not and sure. that was, again, we we're like, oh, is this Slovenian? Like, no, 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 this is from Hungary. And then they said, here's some, uh, uh, here's some chivapi. And then we'll go, well, what's, what's chivapi? Well, chivapi, I mean, that comes from, I think, a bit further, uh, further east. Yeah. Well, of course, because, because Slovenia was, you know, right in in that in the heart of the Austrian-Hungarian border, wasn't it? Kind of was mm-hmm. Tango's back. So the influences there, I think, are, are pretty strong. I think I don't. The only thing I can think of is that they have um, is one thing that just is is Slovenia for me is pumpkin. Yes. Um. So whether it pumpkin, be pumpkin, but not just necessarily like the like the flesh of the pumpkin. Like pumpkin seeds are like the snack of choice in any bar or cafe that you go into in Slovenia. Pumpkin oil is on every salad. Um, it's served with bread, um, and I and I think it's. I don't think we'd had it until we went no. to went to Slovenia. Um, but yeah, pumpkins. I think is what I think is synonymous with Slovenia. And I think also fish. I mean, obviously they're they're very very big on fish. Um, and um, we went to meet we went to meet our friends on the day we were leaving. I think was it the day we were leaving mm-hmm. um, last time, and we went, met them at nine o'clock outside the market. Um, and uh, we met this big guy who was just like, right, now I'm going to show you. I'm going to buy you this and I'm going to buy you that. And he went off, you know, like in a nice way. And he went off and he brought us back huge plates of fried fish and then glasses of red wine and white wine. And we're like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's we're Saturday. driving to Prague after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so in the, it's, it seems to me that rather than one particular dish, which I know the people from Slovenia are going to be screaming at us while they're listening Because they have to lots us. of cheeses and cured meats and that type of yes. thing, don't they? Like every... You know, like Italy has has um, cheese and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone has their own version. Yes. Um, so I'm sorry, we we should have done a bit re- bit more research on that, but we can't tell you what. The only dish we can tell you is from Hungary. <laughs> but I think that's the point: is it's a melting pot of mm. cuisines, it's fusion, it's influences, it's 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 interesting food. I'm not sure I've been anywhere I've had a pasta dish with German sausage in it, and it's been really good. Um, so yeah, maybe that's the charm. So they don't have. They don't have uh, something specific for them, but they take things from other countries and they combine them. So where else maybe you eat pasta with sausage? Exactly. Did you like it, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It was great. It was great. But this with the pumpkin, it's quite distinctive as well. I never heard of pumpkin oven. Of course there is, but I I never uh, accounted the pumpkin oil. Mm. Never found it's that. delicious if you've never tried it it's really really good so dark green mm-hmm. i tell you what's funny oh, when you say because... pump... go on sorry uh, sorry when you say pumpkin oil is like like um 
olive oil that you put on the salads. That's yeah. what you mean? Exactly. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's quite a distinct flavor, isn't it? So it's, you wouldn't use it for cooking. You'd use it as a, as a dressing. Um, it is really good. It's did funny you eat sweet pumpkin? Did we what? Sorry. Did you eat sweet pumpkin? Like uh, a dessert? Oh, no. Yeah, we did. Did we? We had pumpkin pie, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. it's funny because our own our own meals now are almost fusion because when we went to bulgaria um obviously where you're from we um we had the most amazing salads and we never had salads like it like you 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 take a salad you bulgarians take a salad and you turn it into this amazing like (laughs) fine dining yeah experience so now we have a bulgarian style salad with Slovenian um, pumpkin oil drizzled over the top, <laughs> um, and then a little bit of, uh, of cheese, Parmesan cheese or something, and yeah, it's just. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, another another perk of traveling so many countries, you can just you know pick the cuisine and like, oh, I like this from Bulgaria, like this from Slovenia, like, and make your own menu. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> and what about drinks? Uh, I would assume there is there is this uh, traditional drink that is like 40% or 50% strong. Um, what's the name of it? Um, well, it's, it's essentially, it's a it's a brandy, a fruit brandy. Um, and the reason I don't say the name is because they all have different names after different fruits. Um, so can you remember a couple? Well, there's, it's rakia, isn't it? Is the, the sort of like the general, oh, right, yeah, sort of general name. But then there's also things like, I'm, I'm going to say this wrong, Slivovici. Is that right? Yeah, okay. With the plums. Yeah, well, pro, we, we call it, well, not that we call it, but uh, it's Slivovica, but okay. maybe in Slovenia it's a bit yeah, different, so it could yeah. be Slivovice. So it's, it's it which probably, is made out of plums. Yes, but mm-hmm. I, it might not be called that. It might be called something slightly different, but they've, mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's really they're really big on, like like a lot of Central and Eastern Europeans, is making their own. So you go to someone's house, then you better not bring some spirit because they'll be like, well, that's not as good as the one I make. Um, and so you'll offend <laughs> yeah, them by bringing the them spirits, yeah. Um, so they make their own wine, they make their own spirits, and and quite often we'll be drinking out of like a, a, an empty Coke bottle, two-litre Coke bottle, and it's, yeah. we don't know what we're drinking, we have no idea what percentage it <laughs> is until the next morning. But, yeah. but um, it's funny because when we first tried... Yeah, that, that's classic. When we first, when we first heard someone said to us that the strong, uh, the strong spirit is a digestif, like a helps you to digest your food. And we were like, well, that doesn't sound yes. right. And it really does, doesn't it? Mm. It's brilliant. To the point where we were in Prague and before we went out for a meal, we'd have a little, uh, little ceviche and then on the way back, we'd have a little one. It was also <laughs> minus five in Prague. So it's, it warms, warms the soul. Um, but yeah. And then beer, like I think like any Central European country, they drink a lot of beer. Um, is it Union, their main one? Oh, yeah. There's um, Onion, Union, and something else. I forget what the other one is. But they tend to be more of a Pilsner, because I suppose yeah. being next to Germany it would, and Austria, uh, it'd be more of a lighter Pilsner. There are dark beers there. Um, I think there are... I've had... Where we, where we have a dark beer? We're in Lithuania. That's my favourite dark beer. Um, we got, uh, okay. we got some great great dark beers there. But, still, but still yeah. Theme, Sorry? Slovenia. Sorry? It's still theme. So, sorry, sorry. <laughs> forget that. Forget what I said about Lithuania. But uh, no, it's lots of okay, <laughs> lots yeah. of good beer, lots of good wine. When you and some rakia, Slivovica. So when when you were in Bulgaria, I would assume you also tried rakia. Is there any difference that you find between the Slovenian and Bulgarian? Or it's roughly the same. Not that I can remember, but the only thing that I've noticed is that. And I'm not sure whether it's a regional thing or a city thing, but they seem to have their, or a person thing, seem to have their favourites. So in Slovenia, it was more the pear rakia, um, whereas in other places, it's been more the plum. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. What's the, how does it work in Bulgaria? Is there a certain, certain flavours that people like? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, you can, everything, any fruit that has, you know, sugar you can make uh you can make rakia out of it you know mm-hmm. uh, most of it is just plums or grapes but you can even combine them so you can you know mix flavors mm-hmm. and then there is you know if you go to someone's houses that is more you know invested in that uh you can find like a small winery in his cellar like in, in his basement it's like, it's like a small winery, like small cellar, you know. This this one 
It's from seven years ago. I keep it for your graduation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like Brilliant. a whole Brilliant. collection. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Um, Gustav, how about any stories uh, that you would like to share with us? Something that happened to you. So I think, I mean, I think all of our stories are interconnected in in Maribor around Igor. He's kind of like our, our kind of first friend that kind of introduces to other friends. Um, but yes, but one of the, um, after we went to dinner with, with some of Igor's friends, we met their son, Primosh. We got invited to Primosh's 40th birthday party. So Primosh is, I think, the same age as me. Uh, well, he, back then, it was three years ago. Um, and so it was his 40th birthday party and we kind of expected it to be maybe in some, maybe in his house or perhaps like a few people in the pub, but he'd, he'd hired this, this, what looked like kind of an old scout hut or something. And then there was huge, big barrels of lager connected up to proper dispensing pumps. There was like a band there. There was tables. Tent outside. Sorry? There's a tent outside. Tent outside. Um, and we just walked in and we're just like, oh my God, you know, you get you know, you walk in somewhere and you're like, oh, we can handle this. And you walk in and go, oh, my God, it's just full of like 65 people who we don't know, all dancing and drinking. We're like, oh, my God, what have we done? like those stupid English people in the corner. We did. <laughs> but then as soon as he saw us, he came running over, gave us a big hug. Um, and then he introduced his wife, who spoke perfect English, as, as Primoz does. Well, she's actually an English teacher. Oh, is she? Mm. Oh, yeah. okay. That's why she's... No, no, no. Yeah, she's an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, uh, and then, oh, then there was. Um, are you going to tell them about the about midnight? Yeah. So, so everyone's everyone's super friendly. Like before we knew it, we had drinks in our hands and been seated at a table and introduced to everybody. And yeah, they, they were so hospitable and lovely. And then it, at midnight, we just heard these really loud, like the music stopped. And we just heard these really loud bells. And we're like, "What's that?" And everyone's like, "Go outside, go outside." So we went outside, and there were these this like group of dancers in these huge costumes. They looked like somewhere between kind of like sheep and yetis, didn't they? Like, yes. And they must have been like 12 foot tall. They were huge and they, they had bells around their waist and in their hands and they're just jumping and dancing. It was the most incredible thing. Um, and it turned out it's a traditional Slovenian um, like like dance that is meant to, it's meant to, it's used for celebrations, but it's also meant to um kind of scare off evil spirits and that transition from mm -hmm. spring to summer. Um, so, yeah, they've got a name. I can't, I might have to look it up. Um, In Bulgaria, we call it kukeri or kukerstvo. Oh, I think it's similar. Yeah, it's similar, yeah. similar to yeah, that. Yeah, the way you described it, yeah. it sounds like that, yes. Well, it's, so, I mean, they, these are like, they have the masks, probably the same in Bulgaria, they have the masks made for each person. Um, mm -hmm. And you're not allowed to like, and, and the, the, the biggest guy there was the, was kind of like the ringleader and he said uh, and pretty much like go on put it on al put it on al so we've got a video of me in the whole get up including the mask jumping up and down um ringing bells ringing bells but right. again they were just so excited to tell us all about it and what it meant and 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 they you know they were wanting you to, to literally participate in it um you know it's it's you don't get opportunities like that by just sticking to the tourist spots of a european city you you get experiences by that by speaking to people and and really trying to understand how how they live. That's travel for us. Yeah, exactly. Every place we go, we always say we always have these crazy stories because we'll just sit down next to people and you know ask start talking. And because we travel with a, with a little dog as well, that's a talking point as well sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah. It's just we just get ourselves to do all these kind of scrapes and then find these amazing people who who are. Who are just great friends from thereafter and yeah. look after us, and we call them our, our Slovenian family because um, there's the 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 Igor and all his friends have looked after us, and mm -hmm. we just we just know that if we were ever in trouble and we couldn't get back to our parents, we could ring them and they would do everything they could to to yeah. fix things for They're us. Beautiful people, amazing people. Mm -hmm. Which is true of yes. all, you know, Slovenia as a whole, I think, is yes. people are so friendly. Pretty much actually actually said that. So this is a guy whose 40th birthday it was. He was he said to us once, he's like, I don't understand why British people are so frightened or so like unsocial. And I was like, What what do you mean? I was like, I think I don't think we are. I think we're quite friendly. He was like, Well, no, because he, he lives in um, kind of the edge of a national park and um, about five kilometers outside Maribor. 
Um, so his land borders onto onto the park. So he said there's one night there is he noticed this little tent that popped up pretty much at the end of his garden and it was really windy and rainy and, and it was horrible. So he went out with some some food and drinks and was like, guys, would you like to come into my house? Would you like to stay warm? We have a spare room. And apparently it was a British couple who were just like, no, 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 we're fine. Thank you, we're fine. And I said, I think it's just because we don't really have that. The sense of kind of communities in the UK has been somewhat eroded over the past the past couple of decades. And I think we're not used to you know, don't talk to strangers and don't take sweets from someone you don't know. And I think you just told as a kid, mm. you know, to be wary. So, um, so yeah, so I guess that's a message as well. If you, if you find yourself in Slovenia, then yeah, genuine hospitality, Let it all out. friendliness. Yeah. Embrace it. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that the story that you say, that's a perfect example of just, you know, don't, don't go in a place and just, you know, stay close to yourself and just, you know, take a picture. I know people that travel to new locations and then they go to eat in McDonald's. I mean, <laughs> no matter how much I speak to them, I just cannot change their minds. Like, oh, no, like I prefer, I, I, I gave up because I give walking tours in London. And then there was this lady from China and mm. we were, we were walking about hour and a half, two hours. I was like, okay, let, let's have lunch. So we go inside and I'm like, food food here like what can i show her um, fish and chips let's eat fish and chips mm-hmm. we sit down in the pub and i was like okay and she's like mm, what they have here i said don't worry i'm gonna order so i order and it comes to her and i'm like mm, yeah mm, strange you know okay i said okay just try it look let me put a bit of vinegar and salt here like, mm-hmm. try that she ate the fries <laughs> she <laughs> ate the fries and i was like come on eat some fish okay let me try it uh yeah okay okay not bad but she didn't finish the fish and it's just it's it's blown my mind how people some like many people are just you know looking forward when they just need to open up their mindset a bit and they're just gonna see way more things but uh, yeah i always try to try to make people you know expand their mind that did backfire on us once when we were in Haskovo in uh, bulgaria Mm. because our uh, uh, the guy who was staying with well the guy who owned the properties that we were living in took us to the local to like a little sort of shack place which has got plastic tables and he said right i'm gonna get i'm gonna order you all the things that you got to try in bulgaria so all the locals eat yeah and okay. he, we had some great stuff and then he brought out this pile of must have been about six and a half thousand chicken hearts it felt like anyway it was just a, it wasn't it was about <laughs> a pile about about this big so chicken things. hearts and we were like well okay yeah we'll give it a go and we tried and we're like oh my god don't like this at all Mm-mm. But then we, we said to him, he said, do you like them? And we kind of went, oh, yeah, yeah, they're nice. He went, oh, that's good. I don't like them. You can have them all. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so we had to work our way through about 25 chicken hearts. Yeah. He laughed a lot. I think he got that by the end that we didn't, we were just being polite. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe be honest next time. <laughs> they They won't take it bad if they... Uh, if if you don't like it, but I think trying is is good because if you don't like straw strawberries, how you, or, or if you like strawberries, how you will know that you like strawberries? You need to try strawberries. You know, mm-hmm. you just need to taste them. Uh, okay, that was great. Actually, um, do you have any? You told me at the beginning. I think I sense that you have some curious facts that you would like to share. Is that true? Well, Slovenia. I think I think the curious fact, and I think because there's I know there's lots of people in the UK that are doing pub quizzes virtually every mm-hmm. you know all the time minute. And I think that would be a really good question, like where in the world is the oldest grapevine? Um and I'm not sure many people would say Maribor, Slovenia. No. So not a chance. Yeah. And the other thing I think was is that people people seem because Slovenia and Slovakia sound quite similar, mm-hmm. then in their minds a lot of people put them together. And and just to say, they're so so different countries, such a different country, such a different people. Um, that you know, I, I suppose it's, it's. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think when you say Slovenia or Slovakia, they go, "Oh, it's the same thing." Or sometimes they say Slovenia, and they think, "Oh, well, that sounds a bit weird. I wouldn't want to go there." And it's like, no, just you've got to go to these Baltic. Well, you haven't got to, but I think you should go to these Baltic countries because they just it just opens your mind to just how beautiful these places are and how amazing the people are mm-hmm. so yeah. what are the what is the second biggest city in slovakia slovakia 
Oh, that is a good question. We actually. Oh, you, so we, you we, didn't we, you didn't go there? Do you know we did. we did? But we went. We have friends in Bratislava, so we we kind of had to go to Bratislava, I, which is also a really cool. City. But we stayed in a place called Devon, which is about oh, yeah. six miles out of. It's right. In fact, the the old border, I think, between was it Czech Republic and Slovakia? Yeah. Was the river by our house, so you could walk past it? Um, no, no, no. Between Austria and Slovakia. Oh, was it Austria and Slovakia? Sorry. Yeah. Um, Austria and Czechoslovakia. The old Czechoslovakia, because there's yeah. there's some horrible history about about some about hundred years ago or fifty years ago, when people tried to escape Czechoslovakia, but that was literally right next to us. So we were, I suppose, Further not second out. city. But then there's Slovakia is so small, but I don't know whether the second. We'll have we'll have to we will go yes and we will tell you and we'll come back on the podcast <laughs> and we'll tell you about the second city in Slovakia. <laughs> okay, fair point. Fair point. We're going to talk about Slovakia next with you. Um, okay. <laughs> Any anything else do you think we we have missed or anything else you want to add about Slovenia about yourself or about or about traveling in general? Um, I don't think so. I think the only thing I kind of kind of say about Slovenia, if you do decide to go, it's it's a very small country, so it's very easy to get around, hire a car. Um, Maribor is a great base, but Ljubljana is also a really cool city. That's the capital. Lake Bled is probably the most famous image people know of. Slovenia, which is the lake with the, the island in the middle with the castle on top. Um, and then there's the coast of Slovenia as well, which is which is very much got a feel of, of kind of of Italy or Istria and Croatia. Um, it's a really diverse country. So I think if you go, get a car, drive around. Yeah, and if you're a bit more fit than us, then there's there's lots of cyclists around uh, uh, around Slovenia. Slovenia. Um, yeah, you could have a cycling holiday, I yeah, guess. Cycling holiday wow. and uh, there's cycling caves. Holiday. Yeah, there's <laughs> caves as well down in the south. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's caves. Just... Okay, mountains. Are there any mountains? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's mountains. Uh, I don't know about skiing. I don't know whether they do. Is it cold enough? It's... Yeah, I guess being next to Austria as well, whether yeah, they. But, um, it's such for a small country it's so diverse I think that's probably what people might not know about Slovenia as well and then if you get the chance to go down if you're going down the south then go to cross the border to Istria in Croatia and go and spend some time in a place called Ravine um, which is near Pula um, because you get the most amazing truffles there truffle oil and some Istrian white wine which is just amazing you could spend like a good bit of time in that region because you could drive from like Venice through to Slovenia and into Istria in about five hours. Mm. Like it's a really small part of the world where you can go to lots of different places very easily. So, so yeah, if you, mm-hmm. I think especially if you're you you want to kind of go to a few different places, and I know it's difficult now, kind of post COVID world. Um, but Slovenia is a good little place, actually, to base yourself for a, a mini European road trip. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. We love it. Is it is it the euro there? You can use an euro? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but do you need to uh, convert into national currency or with euro, you're okay? No, sorry. I was going to say the euro. It's the euro there, isn't it? Yeah, the it's currency it. is the euro. The currency is the euro. The only thing you have to be aware of if you're driving is that you need um, a vignette which is a word we'd never heard of until we got a 500 euro fine for not having a vignette. Um, So uh, if you are driving into... 500 euros, fine. Fine, yeah. We've got it reduced down to 250 for paying on the spot. paid it on the spot, yeah. um, uh, So, yeah, so if you're driving into into Slovenia, get a a vignette before you get there because... It's road tax, basically, if anyone's not heard of it. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, We haven't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> obviously <laughs> yes so we kept seeing these signs with vignette coming through italy we're like what the hell's a vignette oh i don't even know what that word is maybe it means kebab or something in uh, in slovenian <laughs> and then we found out at the border when uh, when a chubby policeman stopped us and lifted 250 euros off us yeah yeah so that happened in the in the board on the border when you were entering slovenia from italy yeah from italy yeah okay yeah in bulgaria is the same so if you are in the city you you're okay without that but when you travel in between cities, you need that. And then you, you need to yeah, put it in the windshield. So how how does it happen? You go you go on the border and the police guys. So basically you need to buy it before. Usually in Bulgaria from gas stations, I suppose is the same thing. Same. Yeah. And yeah. there is actually a place on the border as well, isn't there, that sells them? Yeah, I think that 
but we the didn't miss that. The minute you drive out of kind of border control, isn't it? But yeah, but it's certainly on on the on the Italian border, um, they stand there with their binoculars and they're looking to see if you've got a vignette. And if they have, if you haven't, literally like the you're you're two feet into Slovenia and they pull you over and fine you. Um, so there probably wow. is. I mean, on that border, I don't remember seeing a shot, but there might have been. But certainly, uh, all the petrol stations going up to it, as yeah. you say, up to the border in Austria, Italy, mm-hmm. Croatia, will all have vignettes going into. But they're so on it because we we drove down a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? So we we drove from from Lithuania down south through into Slovenia um, through. For, from um, Austria and again it was like we thought it was COVID so we had all of our paperwork with us and our negative tests and expecting to get stopped and the only thing they stopped us for was to check that we had a vignette and it was like dude we've got a vignette it's fine but yeah crazy (laughs) so how did you reduce this fine is it because you paid on the spot that's why it got reduced yeah he took us to a van with a card machine (laughs) it was like if you pay now so yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. probably the biggest lesson. lesson is the biggest lesson is get a vignette. All right. Get a vignette. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, anything else, guys? You would like to add? No. No. Just thank you for uh, for inviting yeah, us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Love talking about this. this We've never tell. been podcast guests before. No. No. Oh, First podcast. Think for everything. And I never inter- and I never had a talk with uh, two two people at the same time any on the podcast. So first time for me as well. Oh. We share this moment first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Thanks so much. As you travel a lot, I would actually love to have you in a few other episodes uh, later on and talk about something else. Maybe yeah. Slovakia. Yes. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or, or maybe something, some other place before that, uh, because I don't know when you're going to visit Slovakia. But it was a huge pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that for me. And uh, I wish you a fantastic day. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pavel. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Thank yeah, you. really nice. As we end today's talk, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone who left a review on any of the platforms that you're listening to this. It means the world to me. And more importantly, more people will be able to find this podcast. So if you haven't left the review yet, please do so. I have more guests lined up to come on the show. So expect to hear more episodes like this one for different cities, different locations. But if you like to hear something specific, specific city, specific location, specific attraction, let me know and I'll see what I can do for you. Or even better, if you know somebody, then let me know, connect us and we will welcome him or her in the show. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the whole thing. I wish you well, stay curious.